0: Hey listeners, it's become an official end of summer novel pairings tradition for Chelsea and I to take to the mic and discuss some of the buzzy summer reads we both read in an episode for our Patreon community. It's a fun chance for us to bring our literary lenses and English teacher brains to contemporary books and check in on each other's summer reading. While we're still in the midst of our August break, we wanted to drop last year's Buzzy Summer Books episode into the main feed. In this discussion, we share our candid thoughts on some of the most popular books of 2022, including a few big names that just did not work for us. But before we dive into those summer reads, we also wanted to share our fall lineup with you. After an ancient summer at sea with the Odyssey, we're grounding ourselves in the world of literary modernism and postmodernism this fall. We'll be reading and covering Rebecca by Daphne Du Maurier in September, The Blind Owl by Sadiq Hedayat in October, To the Lighthouse by Virginia Woolf in November, and a selection of short stories in December. We're looking forward to exploring a literary period we both love and resuming our classic books episodes for you just in time for a scholarly autumn. For now, let's wade into the buzzy books of summer 2022 with this Patreon rerun episode. If you love today's episode, head over to our Patreon and sign up today to get our 2023 Buzzy Books episode delivered to you this Friday, August 25th. <music>
1: Classics Club. We are here at the end of summer to bring you a little mini book review wrap-up. Sarah, I think we did this last year and had such a fun time talking about the books that we mutually read that were getting a little bit of buzz in, you know, the book world. And so we're going to do that again today. We have five books that we both read this summer and I'm eager to hear your thoughts on them cuz
0: we have not talked about these at all until now. Yeah, this was so fun last year. We spent so much time talking about classics and older books and it's fun to like take each other's temperature on what we thought of the big new releases of the season. And yeah, like you said, it's just it's it's fun when we haven't talked about them before and then maybe are surprised by how each other feels or sometimes not. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm also excited for this because I know you've been listening to a lot of audiobooks, but you've been starting to mix in more paper reads or Kindle reads recently. And I've also been more into audiobooks, but some of these I listened to on audio, a couple of them I read on paper. I think that comparing our experiences format wise is also going to, provide a rich layer to our reviews here
0: yes i completely agree yeah looking at this list i think that'll be particularly interesting so definitely
1: all right should we get into it
0: yeah let's do it let's just do it in the order you wrote them for no particular reason
1: (laughs) yeah um yeah these are not ranked um but we can maybe talk a little bit about some favorites at at the end here if we have some time um Okay, so Sarah, we both read Book Lovers by Emily Henry, and we've both read her previous two rom-coms, I believe. Yeah. And really liked them. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you have a ranking of favorites among the three?
0: I can say definitively that this one was my least favorite. Um, It's been so long since I read b I think... Bee Read might always have like a little fondness in my heart because I think that's one of the first contemporary romances, rom-coms that I really loved, and then kind of brought me into that genre and helped me figure out what I what I need to look for when picking my next rom-com. But I I maybe liked people we meet on vacation better. Um that's it, those two are tough, but this one was a miss for me and I was a little I was disappointed not because I I I mean I think that this one just wasn't to my taste not that it was like any like worse than her other ones I will certainly still pick up her next books but um I was looking forward to falling into a great rom-com and this one just didn't do it for me how about you do you have a definitive ranking
1: I think I'm kind of like you where Beach Read and People We Meet on Vacation are very closely tied. Beach Read, I think I loved because of the bookishness of it. And I really liked the characters in that one. I liked the uh, sort of more serious underpinnings of of the plot. Me too. People We Meet on Vacation, I loved because of the structure. So So as I was reading, I was just really into the structure I liked it just for pure entertainment and enjoyment but I also was just like oh my goodness I love how she did this mm-hmm. and then book lovers I liked it so I did read it on paper did you listen to Julia Whalen narrate or did you read it on paper
0: I listened okay and so, that, that might have been part of the issue
1: maybe um so I I liked it a lot reading it on paper it was very Like page turning to me, it was what I needed to read at the time. I needed kind of something fresh and fun. There were just a couple of things that grated on me a little bit. So I didn't like the banter as much in this one. And I don't know if it's
0: because I didn't find the characters quite as believable. That was 100% my problem with this. I And tell me... If you felt similarly, where I felt like she she told me who these characters were, but she didn't show me who they yes. were.
1: Nora was not a shark, no. like she kept saying. I she was like, trying liked to, to exercise
0: out. and wore stilettos and kept saying she was a shark, and I just didn't.
1: But she was so sweet to her clients. She was really sweet to her sister. She wasn't even that devastatingly rude to Charlie ever. No. It was always like really pretty flirty with them. And so I never saw where she was like, ice queen, professional, like super put together, whatever, except for like her appearance. And like you said, her peloton. Yeah. So (laughs) the characterization did not make any sense to me. I, I liked Charlie better. I think, Mm -hmm. um, that was fine. It was a very, like, if you don't love coincidences in your books and things that feel too convenient, you might not like this one. I'm fine with that because it's like we're reading for the escape, right? That's mm-hmm. the point of this. The other character that I kind of annoyed me was Libby was such a manic pixie dream girl <laughs> that I was like, I just don't, I don't know. She does not feel like a real person. I,
0: and I feel like now that I have a baby, whenever there's like a baby or a child, I'm like, okay, but how is she doing this? Where is the baby? <laughs> like, And I... I mean, I'm glad that Libby got her escape from her children for a month. But I was kind of like, how is this happening? And also, I didn't like that. I forget which one called the other one sissy. Yeah, I recognize that that probably happens in real life between adult women. I'm an only child. I don't have that relationship in my life. But I think, in part, the audio, that was grating. It was like my eyes couldn't just wash over it sounded Libby sounded whiny in the audio to me um and that contributed to my this yeah my lack of connection to her as a character Mm -hmm.
1: yeah so I I thought the premise was super fun I thought the bookstore and the publishing stuff and all of that was cozy and cute and fun and um I yeah it was just the characters that like you said it was the telling not showing that I was like I just don't fully buy into all of this and I didn't need to in order to enjoy it like I said like I liked it perfectly fine I will recommend it to friends um maybe I would even listen to the audio again just to see if there was a different experience like I didn't dislike it so much that I wouldn't try that Mm -hmm. Um, I have it in my Libro FM account um But it just, yeah, it wasn't my favorite of hers. And that is bound to happen when someone comes out with one book a year. Yeah. It's just bound to happen.
0: So that's fine. I will say I really liked the opening paragraph or two, um, just when she was talking about tropes and, you know, why tropes work. And um, I think Emily Henry is so good at writing about on that meta level in a way that's just really fun um, and playful. And I I think that's what one of the things both was really liked about Beach Read. So I really liked that part. And certainly this book did not uh, turn me off. Emily Henry, I'm excited. I'm sure she'll put out another one next summer and I will give it a try. The,
1: she released the premise. Oh, have you seen? I yeah. have not. It's like, um, these two, um, college sweethearts broke up, but their friends are all going to a main beach house for like a big friend get together. And so they have to pretend that they're still together because they don't want to like ruin the big the vibes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so because they're pretending to be together, then they're like, well, maybe we shouldn't have broken up. So it it sounds super fun and this setting
0: should be great. So if any writers are listening, just quickly pen something that's set in Maine, because I just yeah. feel like that's all people want right now. <laughs> yep. Maine is, I. it's not that like Maine being wonderful is anything new, but I feel like Maine is really having a moment right yeah. now.
1: <laughs> okay, Sarah, let's pivot to nonfiction and talk a little bit about Bomb Shelter by Mary Laura Philpott, which I think is technically maybe a spring release. I think it came out in May, but so many people have still been reading it throughout the summer. It just felt right to include it here.
0: I loved this. I did too. I listened to this. I really like um, hearing Mary Laura narrate the audio herself. Um, I thought it was really powerful, but also charming and funny. She she seems so great. Um, one of those authors who I just feel like I really know after reading two of her memoirs. I, I like this one a lot. I think this is one of your favorites of the year so far, right?
1: It is. I listened to it and felt so seen. I mean, I like really cried a lot listening to it. And it's not, I mean, I think a lot of people probably could get teary. There are some emotional parts in it, but I just really identify with her tendency to worry and think that that's going to do something (laughs) to protect people. And I just think she weaves her stories and her themes and her essays together so stunningly as a collection, not just the individual essays. So there was such a beautiful arc to this and such a beautiful connection at the end that when you kind of like ah oh, realized why it's called Bomb Shelter, it mm-hmm. all comes together so nicely. So, I mean, I think it was also just like perfect timing, like reading this as a new parent felt incredibly powerful because she was talking a lot about when her kids were younger but then also her kids as they aged and as she's changed as a mom throughout her life and how they've changed and sort of their family unit and some of their traditions together and So I felt like it was really giving me some things to look forward to in the days where I was like, oh, my gosh, I cannot change another diaper. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yeah, I loved that essay where she talked about how she loves being the mom of teenagers. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, how like, yeah, you miss some things about little kids, but like can you have a conversation about a ridiculous TV show with your baby? Like, no, you can't. (laughs) And I, I agree. I I thought that was really, really lovely. I thought that she give you kind of a punch to the gut with some of the harder things, but um, like you said, still make life seem hopeful. (laughs) And that was really lovely. I, I think I, at the time, felt like a couple of the essays didn't fit as seamlessly into the collection as others. I don't remember what those are <laughs> and it did not impact really my my overall enjoyment of, of the essay collection. I think ironically it was kind of because I had heard her on an uh, interview on a podcast and she says one thing that really bothers her is when some of the essays in a essay collection feel like they don't fit and they're just in there for padding and then I felt like I was like looking for that (laughs) but I I thought the whole collection and like you were said everyone did at least have an element that connected it to something else um and the overall trajectory was was lovely I listened
1: to it so I do have a copy I would love to read it again but read the physical copy so that I can highlight and write down some of the things that I, I remember listening and she would say something and I was like, that's so good. I Mm -hmm. need to have that with me forever. It's like a life motto or just, you know, little reminders. I just thought some of the things that she said were so wise. And so she really manages to capture human emotion in words in a beautiful way and so and just you know humanness in general so i i definitely need to do a reread last uh, not last year the year before i loved writers and lovers by lily king and i read it on paper and then i listened to it on audio um like a couple months apart and i think i should do the same thing
0: with bomb shelter for sure that's a great thing to do with your favorites. It really, like, cements some of those um, those moments that you loved and those lines, and uh, I think that's a great idea.
1: This next one, I'm really excited to hear you talk a little bit more about, Sarah, because um, the author is from your area of the US. So Woman of Light by Kelly Fajardo-Anstein. Is that how you say her name? I I think think her first name is Kali, but otherwise, yes. Mm -hmm. I think so. Okay. Um, How did you read this one and what did you think?
0: I went back and forth with this one a little bit. I started it in paper. I went to, um, there's a great used bookstore in Denver called Westside Books And it sells some new releases, but mostly used. And Kali Fajardo-Anstein used to work there as a bookseller, and so they had signed copies. So I went there and picked one up. Um, Actually, I went there and picked one up a couple, like right when it came out, and then I was driving back home with with Louise and our car broke down, and it was terrifying. (laughs) Like it literally just died in the middle of the street. Anyways, that's my memory of going to pick up the physical copy of that book. But then I believe it was a Libro FM um, ALC. And so I also got it on audio and went back and forth a little bit. I didn't love it. And I really wanted to love it. But I will say I did some superlatives for my Fiction Matters Patreon crew. And this book I said was best sense of place. And maybe it's mostly because I'm familiar with Denver, but I thought she just evoked the setting in such a gorgeous way. Like you, I just really felt like I was in my Denver, but, but transported to an earlier time Mm -hmm. The way that she described the markets um, and the parks and the neighborhoods, oh, I thought it was so great. I, feel, I could like smell it and feel the air and it was phenomenal. Um, I felt like I wanted a little bit more character development, uh, especially for 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 Luz. Um And then some of the, I don't want to give anything away, but some of the later plot points felt a little bit forced me um she is such a good writer though and this felt like a first novel Mm -hmm. I thought her short story collection was maybe a little bit stronger overall this is another one I'm absolutely going to pick up the next thing she wrote she writes um okay I just talked for a long time what did you think about this one (laughs) no I I loved hearing
1: hearing what you thought of it because I listened to it on audio only. And I kind of felt like I missed a lot by Mm -hmm. doing that just because my attention wasn't fully on the book. Um, but like you, I thought the setting was really strong. Um, I loved the historical detail. I thought the time period was, was great. I really, really, I grew up loving historical fiction And I got pretty burnt out on World War II books, Mm -hmm. which make up the bulk of particularly women's historical fiction. And so I really like when an author writes historical fiction that is set in not World War II. And uh, so I loved that element of it. And then um, I... Part of me thinks, yeah, if maybe if I read it on paper, I would appreciate the flashbacks more mm-hmm. and just sort of some of the magical um sort of mystical elements that she was playing with. But yeah, I would definitely read something by her again and would definitely recommend this to book clubs yes. who are in that historical fiction rut where they read a lot of that World War II historical fiction. Their book club members love Um, love those books. I think definitely this one, just to add that, that fresh voice
0: to the historical fiction genre would be a great book club pick. That's such a great point. Um, and maybe I should have even read it more through that, like historical fiction lens. I mean, that's obviously what it is. I just talked about the the setting being Mm -hmm. transportive. Um, but yeah, I, I think she's a phenomenal writer. I think, this, like you said, will be a book I recommend, even if there were some things that were a little bit lacking to me, but she knows how to write a sentence. Yeah. And
1: well, and I will say, so this makes so much sense because I, I do specifically remember a mental shift. I went in expecting literary fiction. Yes, And then as I was listening, I was like, this really has a popular historical fiction feel that I wasn't expecting. Yes. And then I kind of switched and I started listening to it more thinking of that. And then I found it pretty satisfying. And so maybe it just has to do with playing with those expectations of you're expecting straight up literary fiction. Like it is, has literary literary. elements. Like she's a great writer, but I don't actually think that's where it, fits the best I think it Mm -hmm. really is in conversation with historical fiction and if you kind of place it in that genre it's doing something so special and kind of pulls out more of that like I don't know entertainment factor a little bit better or makes you appreciate some of the historical elements Mm -hmm. so I but I specifically remember going into it thinking yeah literary fiction oh wait as I listened this is really more historical fiction so that makes so much sense Adjust expectations, if you're going into that one, I guess, is what we're saying. Speaking of genre, this next one's going to be interesting to talk about.
0: Yeah. Okay, we we both read Lessons in Chemistry. Who didn't, really? Right. By Bonnie Garmus. a great cover. Great cover. The UK cover is also great. They're very mm-hmm. different. I love them both.
1: Um. Okay, so I had a physical copy of this, and I read it in two days by a pool. So, like, that is going to color the reading experience, obviously, because that's great. Who doesn't want to do that? And it had been so long since I read any book within that short of a period of time. Um, I was just so happy to have, like, my mother-in-law watching the baby monitor so I could do that. Um, So, there's that. My enjoyment of the situation significantly outweighed (laughs) my enjoyment of the book. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I I thought it was fun and readable and um, I can understand why it's so popular and so many people liked it, but I thought it was, I just don't understand why we needed that story mm-hmm. and the heavy handedness with the sexism. Like, do we not all, do we not get it? <laughs> like, and then, okay, before, just one other thing that really bothered me that I would like to see more people talking about is the really awful way that the author describes the women in the novel and just heavy fat phobia throughout the book. Every woman that is not the main character who is gorgeous and tall and skinny and buxom and like the beauty ideal Every other woman in the book is frumpy, is described as having a bigger body and is just like the physical descriptions are not great. Um, and that all really bothered me a lot.
0: I completely agree. I have a big problem with when books are declared these like, great feminist works. And it's because one, the main protagonist. We talked about this with Jane Eyre, when mm-hmm. like the main protagonist like has this feminist arc, but then the way every other woman is described is, I mean, I it's like that. Not like oh, she's not like other women, and I I know that she wanted to empower other women. She wasn't pitting herself. I I know, but the author did seem to have. Think that Elizabeth thought was not like other women. <laughs> um mm-hmm. and yes, I I thought the physical descriptions, both of Elizabeth, like I mm-hmm. I didn't need her to be like this Barbie doll either. Um and I can hear people, like, yes, I know she wouldn't have gotten the TV show if she would. Like, I I get all of it. It's just it, it like you said, I I didn't necessarily see why we needed this particular story and I think this was a case where the hype led me astray not because people said it's so good I loved it that that's fine but because I heard so many people say it's like nothing else I've read and to me this felt so familiar like you know beautiful genius woman succeeds where no other woman can (laughs) like yeah there were like quirky elements that were quirky um but the story did not feel fresh to me no it was mad men Mm -hmm. but it wasn't any better than mad men yep and i i completely agree with all of your critiques i uh, i think that she also just tried to do do too much to me Mm -hmm. like i didn't need like the rowing I don't know, or the dog, the dog, one, choose one or the other. I don't need, (laughs) and then the way it all tied up at the end with so many coincidences was annoying to me. Um, I, I also, I listened to it. I read it really quickly and I do feel like this got me out of a rut. And so um, I will, I I completely agree with you that like, sometimes that's just what you need. I also struggle with books that I feel like... Oh, my
1: gosh. I don't know what's going on upstairs. <laughs> like, I don't know if, if they're chasing the dog or what's going on. But I just hear, like, this boom, 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 boom,
0: and barking. Sorry. Hopefully they're chasing the dog. <laughs> yeah. Um, I felt like this book was tonally all over the place. Mm, yeah, Like, it couldn't make up its mind if it wanted to be a serious book. Like, the way some of the, like... I mean, the very like, sexual assault scenes mm. were like were so Why did graphic we and those, brutal. Uh, yeah. But then the the rest of the book wanted to be kind of quirky and beachy yeah. and and that bothers me too because I feel like the book didn't have the heft to tackle the issues mm-hmm. it was bringing up in a way that was or the gentle touch. Yeah. Yeah. Eat, one or, like, or, yeah.
1: It, yeah. It, you need one or the other to approach approach mm-hmm. that. But it, yeah, it was really readable. And yes, like you said, there was a lot going on, but also that contributed to my like, every chapter there was kind of like, oh, that's surprising. I'm going to try and see where she's taking that. So
0: mm-hmm.
1: super entertaining. But I also like, there were some things that I really hated about it, but also like, read it in two days
0: yeah cool perfect for that but and I think that that's where when we've talked about our hyped books our hyped books episode when you share a book on Instagram like it's really hard to be nuanced Mm -hmm. and that's why I like doing this because like I don't want to trash that book I don't want to say people shouldn't read it like I enjoyed reading it but I like being able to talk about some of the things we didn't like as well without people like you know jumping on us for liking it or for not liking it like yeah. it can be it can be both i will say i'm i am certain bonnie garmus has to be a jane austen fan because did you notice her use of free indirect discourse in the book like
1: yeah. it was
0: a third person narrator but she often took on the voice of either 630 or Elizabeth herself or various characters. And, um, I thought she used that to great effect in this. Yeah.
1: And I know a lot of people didn't like the POV of 630 of the dog. And they were like, why are we doing this? I actually kind of liked it.
0: Yeah. I thought it was fun. Except I I was was like, like, okay, her dog's a genius and her baby's a genius.
1: Yeah. It was a bit much. Um, (laughs) But I thought it was fun, and I was like, I yeah, that didn't bother me at all. I thought it was fun and different. Um, There were just other things that really bothered me. But it wasn't that. I've seen a lot of reviews that are like, (laughs) I loved this, except that dog thing. And I'm like, oh, I'm like the
0: opposite. Like, I really liked the dog. (laughs) More of the dog, less of the fat shaming. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. (laughs) All right. Well, let's uh, wind down our conversation with... I don't think this is the biggest book of the summer, but I think it's like the, it's Bookstagram's book of the summer.
1: It is a Bookstagram darling. And maybe it's partly because that cover is great. It's a great cover.
0: We are talking about Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow by Gabrielle Zevin. So Chelsea, how did you read this one and what did you think?
1: I listened to this one on audio. And... Part of that was a long road trip, so I got to listen to large chunks of it at a time, um, which I thought was great. And I really liked it. I don't think I loved it like so many people have. Um, I thought that there were moments where the book really lagged um, and then it would like take too long for it to pick up again for my personal taste. Um, but I do I really like very internal character-driven books on audio and that's what I got here. So, I I really liked listening to it. I liked the video game content a lot more than I thought I was going to. I loved the discussions of art and creativity and some of the themes that Seven was exploring and One of my favorite parts of the book that I don't think this is spoilery, but if you haven't read it yet, maybe just like pause for 10 seconds, really liked when they actually like went in the video game and she was writing the chapter as the characters in the video game rather than the characters of the outside world. And when that came up, I was like, oh, why haven't we been doing this the whole book? Mm. Mm. Because I loved it so
0: much. I loved that too.
1: Um, but it came at the right time where I was like, oh my gosh, I still have like five hours to go. (laughs) It's a long book. It's a Um, long book. And yeah, I just thought there were some parts that lagged and that it could have been a little shorter, Mm -hmm. but I liked it a lot. What about you, Sarah?
0: I loved it. I don't think it was a perfect book by any means. Um, so, um, I remember, so I read this one on paper and it might be like the first paper book that I've read since Louise was born, maybe, because I got an early copy and I like actually made time to sit down and read the paper book rather than just like listening on audio on walks or Mm the Kindle while she was asleep on me or what. And so similar to like when you were talking about lessons in chemistry, that experience, I think like, Oh my gosh, I really want to stay up and read my paper book, even though I really (laughs) should be going to sleep was so great. And that definitely uh, added to my enjoyment of the book. I do remember, um, saying to a book club group well when i was halfway through it that i was loving it but i didn't think it was a perfect book and that i was in the middle and it was lagging and so mm-hmm. i completely agree with you that there are parts that felt um a little long and tedious i think that can especially feel true whenever you have a plot that's like two characters like getting close and then mm-hmm. drifting and close and then drifting because it it can lag and feel a little repetitive at the same time or feel like the author's trying to like you know tw- twist things so that they have mm-hmm. to break apart again yeah. um and you know this is a story of friendship not romance but it's like almost an on again off again friendship <laughs> and mm-hmm. so i come i completely agree on the other hand i i like Books that just span a long time and am often okay with just knowing more about like the day-to-day lives. If we're if we're gonna like be with these characters for I don't know how long it was, 15, 20 years, like sure, tell me everything. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I'll just hang. Um, I mean, it reminded me a lot of two other big books that I love, The Interestings by Meg Woolitzer and the amazing adventures of cavalier and clay by michael Chavon. and um those are the same way where like probably could have been edited but like the readers who are like there to hang with the characters like mm-hmm. will probably still like be okay with those extra pages yeah so i i loved it i think i like all of the things about video ga- the things about video games and art like you said and um I like that that felt new in some ways. Like, mm. um, I just, I felt like what she was saying about art and creativity can't be defined, can't be written like one single thematic sentence. And I liked that.
1: Yeah. Hmm. Again, would be a great book club book. Oh, yeah. And I'm really excited to, as we read Macbeth together, for people to kind of return and kind of figure out some other fun things that she was saying through all of those references and the title of course um ultimately I think because I was listening to the audio and I was just really happy to like be in the car with Theo sleeping and have a book going and be in their world overall like you said it didn't really bother me as much that it lagged I was kind of like okay to just like go on the waves of the story I think if I read it in paper I would have been a lot more frustrated and mm-hmm. wouldn't yeah. have enjoyed it as much personally
0: and I'll say this is another one that that like lessons in chemistry I I feel like seen everywhere and then not a lot of content warnings mm-hmm. I I personally I don't usually need content warnings and I I often struggle to give them because I know some people don't need them and others like it's essential. And so I just like to say when there are some, and then people can, and I, this is one look into content warnings. If you're a sensitive reader.
1: Cause there are a lot. There are a lot. I wasn't yeah. expecting Mm-mm.
0: that. There are a lot. So um, yeah, definitely. It's, and I think especially given her previous books, which were quite a bit lighter, Um, I'm, I would imagine that surprised some readers. So, um, Mm -hmm. definitely look into content warnings if you haven't picked up tomorrow times three yet. All right. Well, this was very fun. I love, just love talking books with you and listeners. We want to know. Which of these buzzy summer reads you have picked up or want to um, tell us in the comments and um, or over on on Discord and weigh in with your thoughts on these big books of summer as well. Yeah. And maybe we'll do this again in the fall. I think we should. There are going to be some great books coming out this fall. Oh, Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I'm reading ahead like I haven't in a long time. And Chelsea get excited for fall reading. I am really excited. It's going to be, it's going to be awesome. All right. (laughs) Well, we, I think our, the next time you and I talk will be to record our Lonesome Dove episode. Yeah. That will be out on the main feed at the end of August and we'll be back with another bonus episode soon as well.
1: Uh, We declare after all. There is There is no enjoyment (laughs) like reading. (laughs)
0: <laughs> How much sooner one tires of anything and have a black. So true. Good night. Good night. <laughs> <laughs>